Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of Sports Debate. I'm your host, Dr. John Mills, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Nelson Cortez and Mr. Tristan McLaughlin. And we're debating, should all sports have a mercy rule? Let's jump in. a little bit of context uh in the, the states for example within bar, uh, baseball and in rugby here in the uk there have been trials around uh basically stopping one team from winning by a uh, a considerable margin let's put it that way so in the states in in little league baseball i think it's something like if you get six home runs uh in one innings down whatever you call it what what is the term yeah <laughs> somebody help me out that know something about innings. baseball yeah innings. i was right i should have trusted myself but for me innings is cricket and i was thinking is that right uh basically if one team is leading by six home runs uh by the end of that innings uh then the game is uh effectively called at that point and then uh I'm not entirely sure how they play out in Little League Baseball, but in rugby, for example, I think if one team is leading by seven tries at the halftime point, I think has been trialed at different times and things, then again, the game is called. Uh, Gents, who is arguing for what side tonight? Who believes that we should have a mercy rule? Yep, that's me. I believe that we should have a mercy rule, particularly at youth level, I might add. Heads or tails, Nelson, I'll let you call tonight. Uh, Tails. It's tails. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. All right, Tristan, over to you. Uh, I believe that we should have a mercy rule in sport for a number of reasons. The primary two, does that make sense? Primary two? Mm-hmm. The okay, I'll start again. <laughs> uh, I believe we should have a mercy rule in sport, particularly at youth level, for a number of reasons. But the main two that I'm going to look at uh, are the experiences that people get from losing uh, and the challenge of doing your best is not really uh, a factor when you're 40 points down on a rugby game and you've only been playing for 35 minutes or something like that. Um, And the second thing is our generation, and by our generation I mean people that are in their 30s and 40s, didn't have the other options that kids now have apart from sport so we had um an n64 maybe or a sega mega drive or we had climbing a tree the the kids now have far more opportunity to be immersive they can basically play sport without leaving their sofa through their consoles they have social media that we just didn't have and so i think the my second concern about not having a mercy rule is participation levels of kids in sport already is a concern, particularly in state school sector in the UK. And I would say that I, d- I don't know what learning can occur from kids getting wallops 
and then coming back the next week and getting walloped and it continuing. Um, I also don't know how much learning can take place if you're the one that's doing it. I don't know that it's very satisfactory. So in my sport, rowing, you'd see somewhere like Henley Royal, which is a one-on-one event. You, you wouldn't race flat out if you're winning, partly because you're trying to conserve energy, but also because it's just not necessary. Um, you know, once you get a lead of a certain amount, you don't need to continue to race. And it's sort of, I wouldn't, it's sort of frowned upon slightly. And I think it's the same if you have a, have a coach on the side who their team is dominating and they're, you know, driving their team on, even though they're 10 nil up in football or soccer or 40 points up in rugby, you think, who is this for? Is this for the kids? What development are they getting out of this? Are they going to stay in the sport, any sport? And yes, there's an argument about resilience. Um, but I think you can be resilient, uh, you know, come away from the mercy rule and go, okay, well, next week our aim is to is to not have that happen because we need to be a bit better rather than just, you know, you got beaten a hundred nil, like the New Zealand team beat Tonga by that amount recently. Who who benefits from that? Thanks, Tristan Nelson. Um, so, no, I think you made the great points, and I think we need to start looking at the origin of the rule or the regulation, which was to spare an embarrassment. I do think we need to look slightly to the other side, however which is uh, it can also promote uh, the idea that losing is a shameful, degrading, and there's no significance in the development or the um, game itself. Um, I think uh, what we should be looking at uh, is uh, how can we prepare these uh, youth, which I agree with you, these roles should be more focused on the youth. through appropriate development of sportsmanship and the competition and dedication and seeing the loss as an opportunity for improvement. I think in certain populations, it can also emphasize the disparity that already exists by saying, all right, uh, we already show you you are no good, uh, so go on and uh, can, in fact, uh, based on some research, increase the risk of uh, pity feeling, uh, which I don't see as a benefit in the development of uh, youth as well. So maybe, um, and I think you mentioned this, John, uh, at the youth level, should even scores be kept? because are we really looking to the winning or are we looking to the development of the youth? I think if scores are kept while I, and I do understand the meaning of the mercy rule, we should also be cognizant that can have the other effect, specifically in certain groups that might already be at the disparity level from representation. So those are my initial arguments for why. Okay, thanks very much. Let's take a very short break there. And when we come back, we can open up the uh, arguments between the panel.
Okay, welcome back. Uh, so thank you both for presenting your opening arguments. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, Tristan, first to counter uh, any points that you wanted to raise from Nelson's opening arguments. Uh, yeah, I think um, the idea of competition is really a, a good thing. I think that we learn an awful lot from it. But the whole premise of competition is that we strive together. That's what it means in Latin, is to strive together. And I don't know that you're striving together if one team is that much more dominant than the other. But, and again, I think we're, we're talking about youth level, really. And I think you enter a level of competition that you think is about right. So we're probably talking about year group or um, a certain age range in 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 each sport that they compete in. And I think that you would expect that they're sort of around the same level and that the mercy rule, it'd be great if it's there but not used because that means that the the ability is spread across and the development is there for a lot more people rather than one team or one individual making a difference. So I think we could have the mercy rule there, but then strive towards not needing it rather than saying it shouldn't exist. Um, and then my second point is just, I think as adults, we would level ourselves, say we were going for a job, we would level ourselves at, at for a job that we think that we have a chance of getting and that we can compete against equal level people rather than we wouldn't go for something that is way above our experience or something like that and and if we're saying that we would do that as adults I think for kids we would expect that there's some level of competition and and equality there even if you're trying to beat your opposition that if that's not happening then you just call time on it okay thanks Trist Nelson did you want to come back on uh, any of Tristan's arguments yeah, um, I, I, th I think to a certain extent we are talking uh, about uh, the same concepts. I'm just arguing that probably we also need to look at the other side of the mercy rule, the negative effects of uh, uh, having it. Also, Trist mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, competition and uh, uh, being, I think you said trist, and then correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, in Latin, means uh, everyone strives to be greater or better. So, yeah, strive together, strive together yeah. Um But uh, I think, as he mentioned too, you know, Usually these uh, youth leagues are split by year group or age, whatever it might be. But if there are such disparities, one could think if that's the best criteria as well, um, which can be a different uh, topic of concern. But from the mercy rule in itself and the way the question is posed, if all sports should have, I think they not all should have, because... Uh, even though we try to improve uh, the kids and the, the development, its own development or part of its own development. And I don't, I, I'm not saying it needs to be via the negative. So you're going to lose, I'm going to develop you. But it's part of 
of the development and uh, also the winning team uh, learning how to embrace not in a humiliation standpoint towards the losing team but as a even a not everyone is at the same level how can we all contribute to other people to become better is uh, important and if you are gonna because i also look and if you're gonna stop someone from uh, i you already suffered six goals or whatnot go on what is really the message that is also sending uh, to the kid, like the youth, like when they get on, hey, how did the game go? Well, 15 minutes, <laughs> except for six goals. Uh, you know, there is a, a side that while, and it's hard balance to do, but there is a side that uh, we might not be looking at because it might also shame the kids that after six minutes, go back home. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for tuning into this episode and to mention a couple of ways you can get in touch with us. The first is through our website, which is www.awfullygood.org forward slash sports hyphen debate. I'll say that again because I appreciate it was quite long. Uh, www.awfullygood.org forward slash sports hyphen debate you can also contact us via our twitter account which is sports debate pod and we really really appreciate any feedback any comments you've got for us or any questions uh, if you like the podcast please subscribe via whichever platform you use to subscribe to podcasts and if you can leave feedback that is great too because it helps other people to find us right let's get back to the episode Yeah, so thanks for that. Thanks for coming back. Uh, in this part, we just generally going to have a bit of a conversation around uh, these topics now, uh, just so we can kind of dig a little bit deeper into everybody else's arguments. Um, I kind of want to throw a little idea in, just a little um, bit of food for thought, really. Um, based on both of what you're saying, I think, I think you will probably both agree that actually it's adults are the problem in this scenario um, in the sense that I remember when I was a young child and <laughs> as long ago as it seems, uh, if things became, became uh, unfair uh, whilst we were playing unstructured uh, play on the playground, we would sort it out ourselves. So you'd say, Ah, oh, it's not fair. You've got Dave. We need Dave. You have yeah, and you would just const- it would be a dynamic thing where the teams are constantly uh, in flux and changing. Um, and I think part of the problem that you're describing here is so there's there's two things. So there's a the structure of the teams themselves and the fact that they are fixed rather than more dynamic, and two this idea of that we have to stop 
a game because because the mercy rule has been activated. For me, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think again, that's kind of a an adult way of putting uh, putting onto kids to say, well, no, based on the rules of the game, that we have to finish now and go home. I think I think I think that's a little bit of a straw man, really, because. I think if you was just just get out of the if we were to get out of the way, kids would just play and they would have fun and they would regulate themselves and they would continue to play. Um, I think it would only really only seems to be adults that are proposing that actually that once you activate that mercy rule, that's the end of things. <laughs> the kids would just carry on. Um, and I also take the point around pity and developing humility, um, but I think you can almost I still think you can almost do that with with uh, a mercy rule because you could still you could still celebrate that that six nil after six minutes um i think the words gregariously you could be uh boisterous and in the participant's face the the opposition's face or you could be humble and you could be respectful and you could be a good sports person so I, i don't think that necessarily i don't think the mercy rule would necessarily influence how the opposition um, responds or reacts to that. I think that that would maintain regardless of the outcome. Um, so there's a couple of points there that I just kind of wanted to throw over to both of you to get your get your um, input onto. Basically, maybe I'll start with Nelson because I guess my position really is partly partly uh, criticizing some of the arguments you've made, but also I do think we all agree actually around that it's it's the parents, it's the adults that are getting in, in the way here. So is there anything you kind of want to come back on yeah, on any of the things I've said? John, uh, and, uh, I think you are right. The parents, the coaches uh, that want to win, and especially here that, you know, these youth leagues, you pay. So if you win, you bring more kids, you bring more kids, you bring more money, so on and so forth, right? Um, mm. and uh, because I, I agree with you, if you let kids play and then structure, and I remember the same, we will always find a way to balance it out and be competitive, uh, and not just uh, in the game and go home. I'll just point out as well, uh, while you said um, uh, the competition. Uh, the winning team will not have such behaviors. I'd say ideally not. I have seen uh, quite a few teams, the winning side and the mercy rule being applied, not uh, behaving in the most sportsmanship-like. And, uh, and that's why or where my comments come from. Uh, mm. Do you think the mercy rule would have? Do you think it has any impact though, or are they going to still act in the same way whether they win six nil when it's ended, or if they win twenty one nil after a full game is completed? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's that's the point I was trying to make. That actually, pl- people that are going to act like that are going to act like that regardless of whether it's called at a point or let l- play through to completion so by I, traditional I think I'll standards. That question at least with the the way I am. I'll prefer to lose by more, but knowing I took all the time to give it all that I had, rather than uh, not having the chance of uh, recovering, of uh, adjusting or 
keep trying the remaining 60 minutes of the game or whatever minutes are left uh, because uh, the mm. opportunity was removed because of a score. And that's mm. why in the introduction, I said, uh, should we even be looking at scores at the youth level, right? Uh, um, yeah. But... I think the only thing I would say about that is that so when I when I analyzed when I analyzed the results to come up with the six goals uh, for youth football, I went through a whole season uh, fixtures, and in that in that season there was zero cases of a team overturning a six goal uh, deficit. So I that's why I reached the point of six goals because absolutely you would not want to take away a team's opportunity to turn that around. But I felt that six goals was, well, in fact, the data supported the fact that six goals was very, very unlikely to be overturned. So it was that point. But, uh, but And in this league, there were some cases where the, the teams were losing 21, 22, 23, nil. Um, and actually, my argument was in other sports, say martial arts, if the player is out, <laughs> if the if the if the fighter is unconscious on the floor, the referee would step in and and stop the fight, right? And after six nil without a reply, that's almost like you're you're on the ropes, you and you're not letting you're you're providing a mercy, which is the, obviously the point. Um, whereas by not stepping in, you're almost just letting that fighter to be punched, 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 even though they're not actually fighting back anymore it. at that point. <laughs> drastic analogy <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah but I'm trying to I was trying to illustrate the point that that actually we wouldn't we wouldn't allow such behavior in other sports but actually when we reach the point where they're not fighting back anymore even if there it doesn't have to be a fixed mercy rule but even if the referee and the coach like in an ideal world the referee and the coaches would just say we've probably had enough now don't you think but that's not the the mentality of uh, of coaches and parents but often in, the in these environments. So uh, aspect is, uh, and, and I respect that it's based on research and all the data that you have done uh, tremendously. But if someone is six zero, rather if they don't have the mercy rule, they might not win. But if they end up six four, it might be a significant improvement or achievement for that team relative to what they have been doing. And, um, and that's why it's not purely on the winning or lose side, but it's on uh, the achievement and the progress even that that team might achieve. By removing that opportunity, by saying it's 6-0, I'm going to enforce the mercy rule, the game is over, we might be removing that opportunity not to win, but six, three, six, four. Um, and for that specific team, that in itself might be a victory. Mm. No, I think that's, I think that's, I think actually we're all reached, we're reaching that point where actually where I think the best solution would be, like I said, that if we could just evaluate on a case-by-case basis because if you do see that the team is fighting back and they are trying and they still have hope then yeah you wouldn't want to remove that hope but if they are defeated 
and there's still 60 minutes to go, um, it's almost a kindness, right? It's like uh, an old dog, like <laughs> put it out of its misery at some point, you know. Uh, Tristan, sorry, we've uh, hijacked that. I, I saw you had your finger up at one point there. I, I don't know if you want to come in there. No, that's okay. I was just thinking that we have um, our context, I think, often goes into football and we've talked about rugby uh, and ball sports. Um, and interestingly, they're all time. So... There's no natural mercy rule. It's just who can get the most out of that period of time. But actually, I mm. feel that we have a mercy rule in an awful lot of other sports. So there are three types of sports at the Olympics, timed, um, first past the post, and judged. And actually, a large amount of sports like tennis, for example, it's just first past the post. If you, if you're, So if I play Novak Djokovic, he's going to beat me pretty quickly. And... There's no mercy rule in terms of if he wins six love, six love, six love. It's not like we get to two sets of I haven't won a point and we stop the game. It just, we go until the end of the match and that's it. And you sometimes see that in professional sport where a, a player is losing by that amount and nobody's calling for it to be done because they know this is heading towards this period of time where it's not going to continue they're not going to win 10 sets six love and it's just going to endlessly go on I think um the the football thing I find quite interesting is often you'll see a football match where you have subs and you expect extra time to be played or injury time and we get the minutes quite often as as shown at the 2012 Euro final between Spain and Italy, Spain are 4-0 up. Ike Casillas, the goalkeeper for Spain, actually asked the referee just to stop at 90 minutes. So it was no, we don't wish to continue going on, which I think if I think there is plenty of examples of a natural mercy rule in sport that perhaps doesn't exist in team sports. And my suggestion with no research, but my suggestion would be that the presumption is that team sports will sort of level themselves out. So that is the variable that will provide a mercy rule. And then we add other layers to it, like age group or weight group or something like that. And, and so I think the mercy rule would be there as a backup if those things fall down. But I don't know that we've spoken enough about all the other examples of, of just a natural mercy rule where that's it you're you you lost you weren't good enough and come back another time yeah no i think that's that's a really interesting uh it's a really interesting point i think my focus is always is always very much framed through where well, in fact we're all are right framed through our context and our experiences um and my my view is definitely colored on this just because of years of being a, a youth football coach and seeing seeing teams and seeing players and coaches just completely demoralized by um by the the scenarios that I'm describing so um so yeah no I think that we have to we have to be careful and I think we have to be I don't know more open to learning from other sports in terms of the way that these kind of unwritten rules are implemented um certainly certainly I think Again, the governing bodies of various different sports, and it's not just football. Um, there's there's plenty of dynamic team sports out there that are exactly the same as this. But actually, there are different unwritten rules, like you were describing, between 
between sports and um yeah i guess it's it's interesting to to think about how those could be applied in different contexts and and likewise uh how we can learn from um how other sports can learn from each other more broadly um one thing i wanted to ask you before we start wrapping up both of you again is you've kind of talked about this idea of distributing talent that actually part of the problem here is that in some sports teams are almost allowed almost allowed to um hoard talent um and actually if we could distribute that talent more and increase the competitive level certainly at a youth um sport perspective actually we might not find ourselves in such a uh, situation where one team is dominating another um i kind of how do you think that might work in practice i think it was I, i'm not sure which one of you actually mentioned this idea of distributing uh talent more and yeah i'd just be interested to hear how you think it might actually work no i'll add uh, just something really quick if i can join to that uh, uh we are talking about talent and uh, i'm taking that and if i'm if I'm wrong, please correct me as a skill on the sport. But one thing that our research found, uh, these youth leagues are often by like age group. 12, 14 is a league, for example. And what we found is a 14 is very different than a 12. So in terms of uh, anthropometrics, body height, body weight, and the uh, we found that the upper range of these youth leagues were winning just by body advantage. We did not measure talent in terms of skill on the sport, but just by morphological development. And that was one thing we referred to was maybe we need to look not only to these skill, but also these anthropometric characteristics to split the league rather than pure because uh, at this stage they grow at very different rates to even two 12 year old are not alike just based on their developmental and uh, that was a a finding that we had uh, in terms of uh, why there was so much discrepancy uh, in these uh, dominant uh, teams. Well, I think on team sports, um, certainly from my experience of rugby and football, you have some success and you have some good players and then that attracts other players and it might not attract the best players because they might already be there, but you're going to then attract other teams best players who will then compete for a place on the bench or you know they might start some games and i think in team sport we we have things like divisions where we presume that each team in that division is of a similar level but if you're the best if you're in the top division of the you know under 11 football or rugby whatever and that's there's nowhere else you can go actually it then becomes like we've already talked about adults start ruining it because it then becomes well we need to win and we need to keep winning and then we've won for five years and we need to keep attracting this the best people um because let's face it you never win anything without good people good athletes 
So, so actually it all becomes a bit of a bun fight to get the best athletes. But at what point is there a saturation of those best athletes all being in the same place? And what can we learn from allowing some of those best athletes to stay elsewhere and develop in that team and develop? I, I always think athletes get better largely because they're around people that are better than them and they can see it. And that's quite hard to do if you then sweep all of the talent up and put it in one place. That's great for that team or those couple of teams that have that. But actually that starts to limit how good other players or other teams can be because they just can't see how good you need to be. Mm. It's, you're effectively describing biobanding in the sense of... Um... We, there was a video a couple of years back going around on social media of um, a rugby, a young rugby player who was clearly like three times the size and weight of all of the other kids that he was competing against and was just literally running through people. Um, and me watching it, I was like, why is, why is this being allowed? Like, <laughs> why, why are you uh, letting these seven-year-old kids be absolutely bulldozed by a somebody with the physicality of, of a young man. Um, it's just not safe. Somebody should be like looking at it from a health and safety perspective. Uh, but everybody, I think I was in the minority. Most people were like, wow, what an amazing kid, the next Jonah Lomu. Um, it seems that sometimes we're on different wavelengths entirely with some people in sport, right? Um, around how to approach these things. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You're talking about relative age effects as well in terms of that if you're older in your age group, so even if it's even if it's not multiple uh, year groups within a league, even if it's just within years, we still see that if you're born in the uh, in the uh, fall months, so autumn, uh, actually you have a, a have an advantage over those children that were born in the summer months because you are going to mature faster, you are going to likely be bigger and stronger earlier uh, until you get to a point where all this stuff starts leveling out. Um, okay, well, I think we are getting into the realms of a completely different discussion there. So thank you very much for your time this evening, gentlemen. Um, I, I'm not going to call a winner on this one because actually I came in with the perceived uh, idea that actually mercy rules were, were a, a one-size-fits-all solution. And actually, I don't think necessarily they are. I think actually providing another kind of threshold um, isn't necessarily the answer. It's an, it is an answer. It's an easy solution. But actually, I think we should be working on trying to get people to use their common sense and uh, make rational decisions with child welfare and engagement in mind rather than putting their own needs above the kids development so i can't i can't call a winner on this one i'm still i'm still not against mercy rules but actually i think both of your discussions and tristan towards the end i, th I felt a little bit like you were swinging on that fence as well <laughs> i wasn't sure which side you were arguing for uh, i think nelson did a fantastic job <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah no no winners tonight we call that one a draw uh, i definitely don't think that mercy rules should be thrown out either i do think they have a place and it's just about finding a balance whereby actually a combination of common sense some kind of structural implementation where needed is probably the best solution so 
Thanks very much. And next episode, we will be talking about should transgender athletes be able to compete alongside those who maintain their biological sex? Should be good. Thanks. <laughs>